Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. Well, hi there. Welcome to this week's episode of the Thinking Church podcast. And this week we are talking social media with Alan Dragu of 12 Stone Church. Uh, before we get into that, just want to let you know that uh, on this podcast, uh, we, uh, so me and Lee started this because we want to help you uh, think through really key areas of, uh, of strategic life in churches. Uh, but we'd love to hear from you as well. If you uh, have been listening to an episode and have any thoughts, comments, questions, uh, we'd love to be able to read out your questions or thoughts uh, on the show and answer any questions that you have. So if you do have any questions or thoughts, just email them to podcast at thinking.church. Uh, that is podcast at thinking.church. And we'd love to be able to interact with your thoughts, comments, and questions. Okay, on to this week's episode. And this week I was speaking with Alan Dragu of 12 Stone Church. Uh, I was introduced to Alan Dragu uh, by Lee Baker, who was our guest on episode five when we were talking about worship. And he said uh, to me, Chris, you need to speak to Alan, get Alan on your show. And Alan is a brilliant uh, user and uh, manager of social media. He runs 12 Stone Church in Atlanta's uh, social media accounts and runs the strategy for it. And uh, what we delve into in this conversation is just why it's really important to have a great strategy for social media. We go into all of the weeds about, uh, you know, when to post, sizes, platforms, all that kind of thing, scheduling. Uh, we go into all of that. So I think that you'll find this really, really helpful today. Uh, and I think that you'll really enjoy what Alan brings to this conversation. So uh, without further ado, uh, I will pass you over to my conversation with Alan Dragu of 12 Stone Church. Well, hi, Alan. It's, uh, it is great to speak with you today. Uh, social media has become a vital tool for churches, especially since COVID-19 struck. What are some common mistakes that you're seeing churches make with using social media at the moment? Right, right. Hey, uh, first off, Chris, thanks so much for, man, even having me. I think this is incredibly, I think this is incredibly important, incredibly powerful. So one, I'm just I'm thankful to even have the opportunity to talk about it, but to, to go straight into your question, uh, what are the common mistakes that churches are doing on social media right now? I think that's <laughs> diving into that. Um, I think, man, there's one really prevalent mistake right now. And even, even I'm victim to it. So I do the social and digital at 12 stone church, um, just North of Atlanta. And even we're victim to it, uh, at times I'm victim to it and the surrounding churches. I, 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 see in the area, all this, a lot of the things that we stem our content and our strategy off are based on pointing instead of being present, 
via social media. And I think, I think that is probably the biggest mistake. And I know that sounds really, really vague, but in a sense where in an online digital world where we have the opportunity to connect with people, we constantly use that opportunity to either point them to a Sunday service or to a gathering or to the reopening of our buildings or this event that we're throwing or something that we're going to be doing or something that we're doing elsewhere instead of actually being present to where they are in the actual moment. So like as they're scrolling, we have the opportunity to encourage, to inspire, to teach them the Bible, to, to, uh, to spiritually invigorate them for the day. We have that opportunity to do that online. And there's many ways to actually be able to do that. So instead of pointing somebody to something else, we could just be present to where they are in the scroll. Like it's, it's not all bad out there, right? It's not all bad on social <laughs> media. You can't, you can be inspiring. You can be encouraging. You can love people. You can do all of those things without pointing them to a building or to an event or any of those things. You can actually be present to where they are. And I think if you take that, that'll actually, man, that'll take out so much of the things that we run into. It's like, oh, it's not working or, or feels overwhelming. We're getting tired of it. I think if, if we lean into the never point, always present, uh, it'll solve a lot of the issues, including on how we use it a lot of the time. Yeah. And I think, I think we've, you see a lot of churches using social media like it's a kind of a notice board. It's everything is about, you know, what's the call to action, push people towards a, a call to action as, as quickly as possible. And I guess maybe right. what, what we've fallen into is a trap of getting on social media and using it how we think it's supposed to be used, but not really taking the time to think, okay, why are we using social media? And maybe it's just because many churches are using it because other churches are using it. Um, but what have what do you find is uh, what have you found the best purpose for social media and maybe it's picking up on that and unpicking that being present um what does that mean for churches in terms of being present and and how that links into what's the purpose of why why do social media as a church that's really good um yeah man let's let's tie it with being present because i think that's powerful um why why use social media why even use social media i think most people think social media is about attention and it's not about attention it's about connection um i i would lean into the fact of being present the most present thing you can do is connect with the people that you need to connect with or you want to connect with and and leaning into that that may mean man scrolling through and commenting on your small groups or the volunteer teams that you lead or other staff, man, that you, that you want to connect with the people in your surrounding area, people you're trying to reach, whether it's comments, messages, stories, whatever it is. I would, I would say the best purpose for social media is to find those connections, make those connections and build those relationships because social does come before media, right? When you say social media, it's, it's social before it is media, but most people think it's media before it's social. And so they lean into, well, well, what if we did this? And what if we did this? And that, that all points to attention. But what if instead of attention, we pointed to connection? And being connected in the moment is way more present than pointing them to something else. So if we base it on connection instead of attention, I think we have a way better opportunity to actually be present in the moment. Does that, does that actually answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. It reminds me actually of a... Um a TED talk I heard, it's with a, a Hollywood actor, I can't remember his name, but he was talking about the difference between getting attention and paying attention and about how mm. as an, an actor, he's That's so used good. to getting attention, but how he realized that he needed to start 
paying attention. And I wonder if that's the the big shift for people is that, it, you know, we've, we've used it so much about getting attention. How do we get the attention of people in our vicinity, you know, in, in the, you know, our town and on, right. on the social media platform, but maybe what if it was more about paying attention to the people in our community, in our sphere of influence and, and, and listening more than it is, uh, than, than talking. I think, I think that's a, that's a brilliant, idea and i think i think that that being present is so important and when we're thinking about being a church that is um just relevant to people's needs and people and in the community i think that is a great starting point um brilliant what i'd love to pick up with you is um, it's probably just getting let's get into some of the the weeds of of, of social media and okay uh, so we all know the main we all know the main platforms so we know facebook twitter in Instagram. And then, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in my thirties, so I don't use Snapchat. I know that that exists. Um, <laughs> okay. and now there's TikTok as well. Um, yeah. so could you just run me through these platforms and do they serve different purposes? And if, if so, what are the, what are the purposes of the different platforms? Right. Uh, that's a great question. Um, so what are the different purposes of those platforms? So some of the platforms you name, you name Facebook, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat. Uh, to be completely honest, we never use Snapchat. It's not a platform. Uh, Is, that dying? Into. Is Snapchat dying? I don't know if it's dying or if it just changed demographics of who's actually using it. I think I think the younger audience of like the 10 to 15 year olds in that range just got a phone. This is kind of how I'm going to connect type thing. I think it is used to connect, but I, I, I'm not sure I would necessarily consider it a social platform. Uh, but like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and one that you didn't mention that I think is really, really important is YouTube. Um, I think, I think that, and again, YouTube isn't necessarily a social platform, but it's a, it's an incredibly powerful powerful platform that I think is absolutely worth mentioning and we can dive more into that. But yeah. I, I wouldn't say they serve different purposes. I say, I say, if you have a mission, you have a strategy, all these platforms can serve the same mission and serve the same strategy just in different ways. So like TikTok and YouTube, I would say are the most ripe for opportunity and the fastest growing platforms available. Like everybody's on YouTube, right? Everybody's asking questions and what do you do you either google it or you youtube it right and so and so those are super ripe for opportunity they're growing really fast TikTok is exploding out of the water um and i know everybody's been talking about that so i wouldn't say they serve different purposes i would just say maybe the way you make content or the way you structure your mission could serve those platforms differently like obviously TikTok and youtube are primarily video platforms um, which mean, well, not primarily, they are video platforms, right? <laughs> you're either making videos or you're not on them. And so if, if you lean into, Hey, TikTok and YouTube are the most ripe with opportunity and they're the fastest growing, but they require videos, but Hey, Facebook and Instagram is where the core of our people are like run, run straight down the middle and everybody's on Facebook and Instagram, right? That's your most, those are your most typical. And then people I would say people still use Twitter. I don't think it's as alive as Facebook and Instagram uh, per se, but it's also depending on where your people are. But I would say 
hey, I would go after something like a TikTok and a YouTube. I would create videos for those platforms. And then I would use those videos on other platforms such as Facebook and Instagram as well because they allow videos. And so that way you can multiply your content, you can multiply your content, use it across multiple platforms, still serve the mission and be multifaceted with where you're engaging people. So I do think those platforms are really powerful, but I think the most powerful platform is where the people you're actually trying to connect with are. I've, I've known with um, with Twitter, I'm I'm on Twitter, and what I see mostly is. It's people in the sort of the journalistic world and the right. new world are using a lot of that. And I think maybe the church is thinking about, okay, how, how can we interact in that sphere and in that kind of forum? TikTok, I have no idea about because all I see is people doing videos where they're kind of dancing together. So is, is that what, I, I, apart from that, or doing some kind of cookery? So you're, you're either doing, <laughs> but is it, so I'm going to drill in quickly to TikTok because I still have no idea. And I think I need you. Hit need, it, man. Need let's do it. Is so. I remember something called Vine a few years yep. ago, which then sort of died a very quick death. How similar is TikTok to Vine and how can churches think about using something like TikTok? What, what could they do on TikTok, for instance? That's a great question. So, so TikTok, we started using TikTok um, about six to eight months ago per se. So we're, we're, I mean, we have just started down that path and people have been using it for a little a little under two years now, mostly. Uh, I would say it can be similar to Vine. I remember Vine, man. Uh, me and you are close to the same age. I remember using Vine. I thought it was the coolest thing ever, and then it and then it died a rather quick death, as you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but but in that in that atmosphere, yes, there's a lot of uh, uh, dancing to things. There's a lot of uh, music, cookery, all those things. Right, are very much alive in it. But what we post on TikTok is um, a, very much like what we post on our Instagram stories because they're the same format. I'm going to get a little nerdy on here, but uh, you know, it's that same nine by 16 format. And so it's that tall, really mobile centric type of view. And a lot of things that we post in our Instagram stories is like uh, one minute clips of a worship song, super, super powerful. So like we'll take a bridge of a really powerful worship song and uh, and we'll post it in our Instagram stories. We'll do like a swipe up to the full video, but I'll take that same one minute song and I'll post it on TikTok. And uh, I think the thing that brought me into like how real TikTok was, was we did the blessing, which of course is like, right. It's everybody knows the blessing. It's blown up yep, right now. Yep. And it's a phenomenal song. It's, it's an absolutely beautiful, phenomenal song. We love it. We did the blessing. I posted a little one minute clip on our Instagram stories and on our Instagram. And then I posted that same, that same one minute clip on TikTok. And the TikTok version had six times more views than, than wow. our Instagram and Facebook. And we have 50,000 followers on Facebook and 20,000 on Instagram and like a thousand on TikTok. Um, and so, and so in that atmosphere, it just showed you how powerful those like unbattered algorithms of, of TikTok are because they haven't messed with the algorithms a ton. They're letting that organic exposure really blow up as much as possible. It's a new platform. You want to do that. And so I would even take sermon clips, uh, worship songs, 
one minute uh, thoughts, ideas from your past or anything like that. I would just make it as personal, current and authentic as possible and, and kind of lean into that. And then you could also take that content that maybe you make for TikTok and repost it in Instagram stories, post it on your Facebook feed, like drip the content. Don't feel like it's dead content. You can go ahead and drip it elsewhere. Sorry, I, w I think I went long on that. So my no, bad. no, that's 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 great. No, that's absolutely great. I, I think what what you're getting into is starting to think about um, your your content, and I think behind all social media is is there there is this kind of content strategy, and and for some churches they've never really thought about actually social right. media needs to have some kind of content strategy. Um, could you tell me about um, Twelve Stones uh, content strategy and how? Did you develop that? And how, can, how, how, how would that help churches develop their own content strategy for, for social media? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd be happy to dive into that. Um, as, far, as far as content strategy, it's essentially deciding why we post what we post and does it propel the mission of the church, right? Does it propel the mission of the church? And every church's content strategy should have a foundation of being the church online not pointing people to church, but actually being the church online. And, and we kind of talked about that at the very beginning is never mm. point always present. That's kind of one of the things that we lean into is never point always present. So if you start with the question, how can we be the church online and then begin to pour your church's unique calling and mission into that? I think, I think that will kind of get you headed in the right direction. So like our mission is transform family, souls, and communities. And so if we want to transform family, souls, and communities, what are the things that transform family, souls, and communities? Well, re scripture, worship, and prayer. Those are the three things that can actually transform you. Now, now obviously, I'm, I'm drilling that down pretty, pretty niche. Uh, there's obviously, you know, Jesus transforms in many different ways. But, but if we say scripture, worship, and prayer, that kind of gives me, the guy who's making content or creating content, the inspiration to know, hey, if we're going to transform family, souls, and communities online, how do I teach people how to read their Bible better, inspire them to pray, and then encourage them through worship? Like if I can do those three things online, I might actually have a shot at transforming family, souls, and communities and being the church online. So that's just kind of, that's kind of one way that we started to develop our content strategy is, is how do we be the church online and what is our unique calling and mission to be able to go do those things? Now, I do have another set of values that we kind of lean in through, through marketing and communications. We say uh, the content that we post, and I think I said this a little bit ago, is it personal, is it current, and is it authentic? If it's those three things, it'll kind of help propel your content to say, hey, this is who we are. This is really personal and it's current. You know, it's not old, it's not dated. Like if we post anything pre-COVID, it just feels like a million years ago. It's not mm -hmm. current. It doesn't make any sense. Like if I posted a picture from five months ago, it wouldn't feel like it was five months ago. It'd feel like it was five years ago. Yeah. So it's one of those things that it would totally miss the mark on current. But if we lean into personal, current, and authentic, and, and we combine that with how can you be the church online, uh, man, that should, get, that should give you a really good foundation for content strategy. Don't overcomplicate it. Kind of lean into those basic values. And uh, man, think about it. Write it down. I think those are, the best, those are the best ways to start, in my opinion. Oh, that's great. That's great. And when people are going to be posting on social media, I know that each platform is slightly different. How, what are the things we need to think about when we are 
posting, not just in terms of content, but actually physically getting down to the, the post. Is there some things that's worth remembering when dealing with the, the different platforms? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously the content that may work on one platform may not work so well on the other platforms and the content you make for one platform may not be entirely catered to to another platform so let's let's hit the the tiktok youtube facebook instagram those are our four primary platforms and those probably should be your four primary platforms is uh tiktok instagram facebook and youtube i would say i would cater content especially especially like if if i if i'm having trouble making content across all platforms like if you don't have a staff if you don't have those sorts of resources to say i can make specific content for instagram different content for facebook different con all the different contents man that's a lot i don't know a lot of churches like we're we're not even at a capacity to where we could just make all kinds of different content for each platform so i would lean into the idea of what content can i make that i can drip to the other platforms and by drip uh it's just a fancy term for reuse mm -hmm. uh, but still like we talked about tiktok hey we put we posted the blessing on tiktok but we also posted it on Instagram stories and then I just cropped it to a four by five. Again, I'm getting nerdy here, but, and I just cropped it smaller for Facebook and Instagram posts. So that one post hit TikTok, Instagram stories, Instagram posts and Facebook posts. And it, and it all aligned with, Hey, we're going to encourage people through worship. And so the strategy remained the same. The content was actually the same. And, and I was able to do it across the platforms by putting my energy and effort into one post. And so I think that'll help say, hey, what is something I can post across multi-platforms? Now, there are other things like, like, like graphics, right? Graphics are huge, but you can really only post graphics on Facebook and Instagram, which is fine. And, and we do that all the time. Uh, just know that, hey, that's going to require more energy. That's going to require more thought, more effort into if we post this, it's just these two platforms. And if that's the case, I still want to make sure I post on those other platforms uh, with, with something else. So just think about where you're posting, where it's going to go, and if it, and if it can be a piece of drip content. And also in terms of um, frequency, what what's a good amount to post if you're a church? I mean, should you be posting three, four times a day? Should you be posting once a week? Um, what's a really good way to think about the frequency? What's what becomes annoying and what's not hitting the mark enough? I guess it's how mm. would you help? How would you work that out? That's uh, I cannot tell you how many times we get asked this question. <laughs> um, this is probably one of the most prevalently asked questions ever in like social in social history. I'll tell you what we do, and then and then I'll hopefully give you a tip that might help. Uh, we post once or twice a day on Instagram and Facebook. It's a, it's our primary platforms, as it'll probably be for most people. It's where most of our people are. We post once once or twice a day on those two platforms and then three to four times a week on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, I would love to post more on TikTok and YouTube, but, but creating more, it's just very time consuming, energy consuming to, to 
uh, create, edit videos, all that stuff. So three to four times a week on those platforms. Now, some, some people that just heard this think that's absolutely nuts and, and an overwhelming amount of, of posting. Uh, now we do have some staff, obviously I'm staff. We have some, some volunteers, things like that, that, that help with that. I would answer that question with going back to the idea of connection versus attention. I know we talked about that kind of in, in the beginning, but I would, I would prioritize your engagement with people more than the amount you post. I would say that's more important than the amount you post. Now we post once to twice a day on those primary platforms and then three to four times a week on those other platforms, but we can also keep up with the engagement. I would love to post more, but if, if our engagement was behind and we couldn't keep up with the comments and the messages and responding and connecting, I would pull back the post before I would pull back the ability to engage with people. And so if you have, let's say you don't even have staff for this and you have a volunteer running it, I, I would honestly lean into having that volunteer connect with people via comments and messages and scrolling through and, and following the right people and, and talking to them more than posting. So it may mean posting twice a week. But, but you're, you're keeping up with all the conversations, you're keeping up with all the comments, all the messages, uh, you're chatting with people regularly, you're staying intact with them. And, and if that means you're posting once a week, dude, that means you're posting once a week. I mean, it, it is what it is. But if you can up that and maintain the engagement, then up it. I would say a good rule of thumb. I know this is everybody's like, all right, just give me the ideal, just give me the <laughs> ideal posting strategy. The ideal posting strategy, I would say, is once a day. I would say, I would say if you can once a day, just once a day, inspiration, keep it simple, um, love on people, all those things once a day is, is what I would say, uh, would be a good rule of thumb. But again, don't let it take away from your engagement. And I think that's what I love about your answer there, because it's not just about the strategy isn't just, you know, if you do once a day, then you will get X result because it doesn't really work like that. It depends on who you're trying mm -hmm. to reach it depends on um who, right. what, you, what you've got in terms of resources um and so all of those things lean together but the 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 ethic of of connection over pointing means that do whatever you need to do to connect with people before you and actually the the posts the map that you post out they're more they're they're always going to be slightly more pointing in nature whereas actually it's when you comment and you interact and you you know that's when you can have real connection with people and I, yeah, right. I, I absolutely love that i think that that's great um great okay let's have a look at um okay so let's say we're, we're posting and able to do that i know that there's a lot of scheduling packages that are around and maybe some churches are using some scheduling posts uh, like scheduling packages you know packages that will schedule out your social media posts for you yeah um yes how totally. would you go around deciding which one to use which ones provide different advantages um how did you what, what, how do you kind of decide to use whatever you use with 12 stone um what's the sort of thinking behind the kind of scheduling and the packages around that yeah absolutely uh this this also is a uh, highly hot topic with with this because scheduling i think is important uh we of course use a scheduling platform um it helps us stay focused on creating the content uh primarily in fact one of the strategies we do behind our scheduling platform is that we spend 
one whole day at the beginning of the week uh, strategizing and creating the content for the whole week. And because of these scheduling platforms, it gives us the freedom to stay focused, to be able to do that sort of thing. So I do think they're incredibly powerful. Uh, the ones that we use at 12 stone primarily is we use Hootsuite. We use Hootsuite primarily as our main uh, scheduling and social media management platform. Uh, and the primary thought was behind, uh, behind that was, was two things. One uh, was in Hootsuite, you have the ability to open uh, multiple streams, they call them streams. So like multiple sliding windows of um, all your platforms. So all your Instagrams, we have, we have, you know, high school and middle school and, and kids and our main account and worship. So all those Instagrams and the Facebook and the YouTube and the messages and, and all those things. So you, you kind of essentially have one view of all your posts. And so it gives you an opportunity to kind of oversee everything and be able to easily keep up with the engagement. So engagement, obviously I've said it about a million times on here. It's so important to us and so important to social media that we went with the platform that made engagement the most available. It lets you, it lets you add people in there. I'm not sponsored by Hootsuite or anything like that. <laughs> uh, it, it's just a, it's just, uh, it's the most powerful platform for engagement to allow multiple users to engage. So we make sure that our engagement is, is uh, taken care of. So that was a big thing. Uh, as well as its, its connection to YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, it's got connection to all those platforms. I would say it's a little bit more cluttered and, and, and not as clean as I would like it to be. Uh, I'm a massive, massive uh, design nerd and, and clean is one of those things that I, I really love. So like Apple is just like king of marketing to me, king <laughs> of clean. And so I, I like, so if you're, if that's like a big pet peeve of yours, Hootsuite is not, <laughs> Hootsuite is not the cleanest. Um, there are things like Buffer and Planoly that, that are definitely a lot cleaner platforms, but I would say they're not nearly as powerful, especially when it comes to analytics, like Hootsuite can pump out quality analytics that can help you determine, Hey, that was a good post. That wasn't a good post, um, without you having to think about it so much. So there are other platforms out there. I think the most underrated platform right now, because it's so new is creator studio. Mm -hmm. Creator Studio is a platform, for those of you who don't know, uh, directly from Facebook, um, and it's totally free, and you could just go to Creator Studio, and you can schedule everything from the, for Facebook and Instagram only. Uh, obviously, it's, it's a Facebook product, but you can schedule everything for Facebook and Instagram from Creator Studio for free, including IGTV videos which uh, Creator Studio is the only platform right now that lets you schedule IGTV videos, which is huge to us because we like to post things like uh, three-minute worship songs that are obviously longer than the one-minute post that Instagram allows you to, and you could post those previews on Instagram, but they are posted onto IGTV first. I don't know if I just got too... I got a no, little nerdy there in, that's the, great. in the weeds. No, that's, that's great. No, I, I think that's, that's understandable. And uh, so I've seen uh, IGTV on Instagram and, you know, you normally get that, that one minute that's up front and then you click on to what, continue watching exactly. and see the rest of the posts. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware of that one. So no, that's great. No, that's great. Well, um, when we're looking at different types of posts and, and platforms, uh, which you know we've got video which you know we've got text 
we've got photo. I think they're the, the three main types of posts that you can put out uh, or right. graphics. Um, how, which have you found work best? And maybe it's different for each platform, but what, what kind of posts really are the ones that are, oh, wow, that really gains the most traction? Which, which kind of methods of like maybe video, text, photo, which ones work the best? Right, right. This is, this is a great question. I love this. Um, across, across on all the platforms, if I were to say across the board on all the platforms, I consistently see video as the strongest style of post, whether it's, it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, anything like that. I think video is incredibly prevalent in our current culture, and I think it's only getting stronger. So the ability to post great video is, is I think, only increasing, and it's, and it's pretty, pretty evident. Not only that, but video can, is your most cross-platform piece of content. It could be posted on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, right? That's the only style of content that could be posted across all formats. Um, and so, and so I would lean into video. Now I, I would pull back here to say that I've posted videos that have totally tanked before. And then I've posted graphics that have totally exploded. Um, and so, and so I would keep the underlining idea that great content is great content, whether it's video posts or photo. And I know a lot of people say that. Um, but, but whether if you're, if you post a video and your video sucks, uh, it's not going to do good, man. It's just not going to do good. And if you post a graphic and your graphic is, is really prevalent and makes somebody think it's really beautiful it's, and it's incredibly well done, your graphic is going to do really great. So I would post great content um, more than the formatting of that content. It just so happens that I think you'll get a lot more natural traction with a video uh, so I would lean in that sense. I personally love making gra- I'm a, I love to graphic design. I love to see creative graphics. I love to make creative graphics. Unfortunately, it's the, it's, it does the least best on our platforms. And I, and I think that would be across the platform for, for most people, but, um, I love it the most. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would lean into video of, above all things. And um, when we do post and hopefully we get some kind of interaction and I'm sure we've all been on Facebook or Instagram and someone puts up something and suddenly, you know, the negative comments start coming in or someone, you know, Mm. someone that posts something. If you're a church and you put something out, you know, put maybe put a video or a post up and someone posts negatively, Mm. how do you approach uh interacting and engaging with those negative comments right right i think um man this is a really this is a really great and relevant question especially to where we are right now uh i definitely i mean we feel the tension here at 12 Sun. i feel the tension constantly in our digital ministry um and i know a lot of churches right now feel this tension of managing those negative comments man when it comes to online engagement whether it's responding to people directly or how we determine what responses stay up, 
because um, you know people will comment in there has nothing to has nothing to do with us. They'll start arguing against each other. I mean, these it's it's reality. You you hate to you hate to see that this is what's happening on your posts, your pages, your profiles. Um, man, something that we've stuck with and I stick with it throughout all of our engagement process is uh, we love to run it through a Philippians four eight filter. Um, Philippians 4 8 whatever's true whatever's noble whatever's right whatever's pure whatever is lovely admirable excellent praiseworthy think about such things I would absolutely lean into I would lean into the Philippians 4 8 and say hey man is this right is this pure is this lovely is this admirable is this excellent is this praiseworthy is it any of those things and if it's not any of those things I have no problem hiding or deleting comments that that don't do those things and I, I will personally do that. I'll, I'll hide or delete comments and I'll message the person personally. And I'll say, hey man, listen, I wanted to take this private message. I'm happy to have this conversation, but I'd love to have it one-on-one -on -one or something like that or, or, or just stopping the fight right then and there because we can determine, hey, I want our profile to be inspiring, encouraging, uplifting, loving. I want to be a positive light in what could be a dark, chaotic area of online world and so if it if it passes that philippians 4 8 and it is lovely and it is admirable which most things right most of the comments and most of the engagement are it can, it can be that not all of it uh and so when it's not those things i love i i just man i delete it i get rid of it i hide it and i message the person directly if they're willing to have a conversation in in the messages great if they're not willing to have a conversation in the messages that's okay too that's okay too because i really want I really want our presence and, and the people commenting on our pages and, and content to feel safe, to feel comfortable, to feel loved, uh, to feel appreciated. Like I want us to be a positive light in that. And so Philippians 4a is the, is the only way we've seen uh, to be able to ground a really simple way to think about it. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, no, that's really helpful. And, and, and grounding it with, with scripture actually really helps with, with a, an approach to thinking around okay so because it can be really difficult to go well is that comment good or not and and actually putting it through that filter of like oh is that like is that praiseworthy you know is that mm. is that is that something that's doing good in the world and you go oh i don't think it is okay i think there's a you know let's have that conversation let's remove that post because actually there's a more helpful way because you're not just thinking about that because there's that one person and then there's the, there's all the other people that interact with it so you're right kind to the person that's posted something negative by going okay I'll, let's have the conversation because we were willing to have that conversation but we're also going we're not what we don't want to do is provide a space where like it's not going to be that safe haven from what you know the toxic area that social media can be so I, yeah I, I love that thinking behind that I think that that's really really great I think um, great yeah yeah, uh, I think on a lot of the churches in the UK that will be listening to this will be under 100 people. They, the average size of the UK church is, is under 100 people. And so what that means is um, virtually no churches in the UK have social media staff members. There'll be, there'll be a few. Um, we're, uh, we're unfortunately not as, as blessed in the states of having some larger churches. We do have a few. Um, uh, but most of churches in the UK... Uh, we'll be having to think about social media without staff. Um, how could you help churches think about how they can think about doing social media when they don't have any staff at all? Right. 
um, right? This is this is definitely uh, man. Even even in the states, even in the states. To be honest, I mean, we're we're a multi-location. I would, uh, you know, most people would consider Twelve Stone a mega church per se. And man, even when I look at our staff, <laughs> even when I look at our staff, I'm like, man, we don't have enough staff to handle what we're doing. <laughs> And I think every church would say that, right? I think every church would be like, man, for what we do, I wish we had more staff in, in this area. Um, so, so even in the, in the church areas that are like, Hey, the UK, you guys average a hundred or less people in a church. I would encourage you to never underestimate the power of one volunteer. I would never underestimate the power of one person, um, that has a heart for people. And that would love to do it because I think every church, I truly believe this. I believe every church, there is somebody there that loves people and that believes that they can love people through online ministry. And so whether that's, you know, maybe, maybe you're not a, a, the digital ministry staff at your church. Maybe your church has no digital ministry staff, but maybe you just are good at champion people. You're good at rallying people and pouring into people and, and loving people entirely. Maybe, maybe that's your thing. And maybe finding the right person or finding two people, man, if you found, imagine if you found two people, somebody to respond to comments and somebody to make posts, right? Imagine if you found two volunteers and, and they just ate it up and they loved it. And that's what they do. They love responding to the comments and the other person is just a creative artsy person that just loves making posts. And that's how they serve. That's how they bless the church. They don't hold doors. They don't play on the worship team. They don't hold them babies. You know, that's, that's not how they serve the church. They serve the church through creative content or they serve the church through responding through messages and praying for people online. That's how they serve the church. It's no different than any other department. And we serve, we have volunteers. I mean, 12 stone, I don't know anything at 12 stone that doesn't have a ton of volunteer horsepower behind it, including our digital ministry. We have a ton of volunteer horsepower behind our digital ministry across our socials, across our engagement. And so I would say, uh, and a lot of people are like, man, I can't rally up that many volunteers. Never underestimate the power of one volunteer. I would lean into start with one man, love that one person, build that one person, pour into that one person, do the thing that you're good at and let that person serve the church. They're going to be a blessing to the church and you go be a blessing to them. That's, I mean, that's how I would look at it, whether you're a hundred or a hundred thousand in staff, go, go bless some volunteers. No, that's, that's brilliant. And I think really encouraging for, for churches that, you know, maybe think, Oh, I'd love to have a staff. And I think hearing from you, and I think that that problem never goes away. You, you'll never have enough staff to do what never. you want to do. And so if you've got <laughs> zero staff, you don't have enough. If you've got a hundred staff, you don't have enough. And so it's, it's mm-hmm. how we can approach that in and, and deal with that tension. It's, um, I think it's something that, uh, Dan Ryland from your church says it's not a, a problem to be solved. It's a tension to be managed. And right. uh, I think the legend, <laughs> yeah, he is the legend. Absolutely. Uh, and, um, I think that, that, but dealing with that, we don't have enough volunteers. We wish we had enough volunteers. It's just a tension that's going to have to be managed. Absolutely. Um, okay, I've got one, one last question for you, uh, which is if I was to transport you into a church, there's, there's no staff, but there's also no social media presence at all. And okay. you come in. Uh, what are the it's first... got rough quick. It's got rough <laughs> quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
what are the first steps that you could you would say to a church that was that's got absolutely zero social media presence at all what could they do say in the first month that would help them start engaging with people on social media um all right <laughs> if if a church has no social media presence whatsoever uh i would keep the philosophy the same i would find where the people are that i want to connect with and i would go there i would go there first and i would prioritize connecting with them and then and then as i establish that then i would prioritize the content so for example uh 12 stone our demographic is mostly on facebook a large portion of our demographic is on facebook that's where that's where our congregation that's where they hang out that's where they post that's where they do all those things so let's say i walked into 12 stone today we had no social media presence whatsoever and and the first thing i would do is i would fire up a facebook page and i i wouldn't even post i would just go find those people and i would go start liking their posts and i would start commenting on their stuff and i would just start talking to them right before i ever posted i would just start conversations with those people and help them feel connected to the church to the mission to help them feel inspired throughout the week um, before i started a content post strategy now there's tons of play i mean Dude, even if you went to 12 Stone stuff and started screenshotting my content and using it for, for your church, I don't care. Do it. There's tons of churches that will give you their posts, that will give you their content. But man, only you can go and engage with your people. Like only you can go lead your people. And so if I were to walk straight in, nobody had any presence whatsoever, find the people you want to connect with, start there, start connecting with them help them feel valued, help them feel poured into, pray with them, love on them. That may be five people. Maybe five people is the capacity that you can do at that point. Let's say you're a church of 100 and you connected with five people throughout the week. Dude, that's 5% of your church. That's 5% of your church that now stay connected with. Imagine if you did that with 20 people and that was 20% of your church, right? So staying connected is the first thing I would prioritize and then as I got good at that, as I built connections, then I would start focusing on, hey, what kind of content can I post to, to be a little bit more relevant, to have them connect back, to help them feel connected to the church, all, all things like that. But that's, that's where I would start. And as you can see from our conversations, it's kind of where you stay uh, throughout, the, throughout the growth process. So I hope, I hope that's helpful. Yeah, really, really helpful. And, and thank you so much for your time and, and uh, a, a really, like so helpful for churches that are thinking through okay how do i do this how do i do this better and uh, so thank you so much for your time today alan it's just been like really really helpful so thank you so much oh i'm so glad man thank you chris for having me man and i really hope this blesses a lot of people uh hope this podcast continues to bless people love you guys man so so grateful to just sit here and talk with you man this is great cool thanks so much man take care awesome later man Well, a massive thank you to Alan Dragu for joining us for this week's episode. And thank you to you, listener, as well for joining us too. Uh, we will be back with another episode. Uh, we've got some great guests lined up and we've got some more shows. Just remember that if you have any questions, thoughts, comments that you'd like to be have read out on the show, then just drop us an email, which is podcast at thinking.church. I will see you again next week. 
Bye for now.